0: A note to listeners, this bonus episode of Sound Opinions focuses on some news stories that have adult themes and features some language that you wouldn't hear on the public radio broadcast. Just be aware. Welcome to this bonus episode of Sound Opinions. I'm Jim DiRigatis. If you want to be the first to hear our bonus podcasts, become a Sound Opinions member on Patreon like Carmen Riskin. Thank you for your support, Carmen. Uh, Greg is away as we tape this on July 6th, but we have three very important and troubling news stories to discuss and to help us get some perspective on them from the music world. We are joined by Sound Opinion's news correspondent, Althea Legaspi, our friend and a senior writer at Rolling Stone. We'll hear more about those stories in a minute, starting with the music world's reaction to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. All right, welcome back to Sound Opinions. We have Althea Legaspi, senior writer at Rolling Stone, our news correspondent. Hi, Althea.
1: Hi, Jim. How are you? Uh,
0: We're both a little downcast, aren't (laughs) we? Boy, it's been a a, a tough period. And uh, as journalists... Albeit on the music beat, uh, the real world doesn't, uh, doesn't stop. It, it infects us as well. I will say right off the bat, uh, we're going to talk about the music world's reaction to Roe v. Wade. I've got to say, uh, Althea, one of the most powerful reactions I've seen from the music world you wrote about for Stone, uh, and that came from Halsey. Tell us how that uh, brilliant young musician uh, shared uh, her reaction.
1: Well, they're, they're very interesting because they've been uh, advocate for women for the whole time that they've had their career. And before when Politico actually leaked the information that we all knew was coming, the dread in May mm-hmm. before before we it was actually officially overturned, they were already talking about women's rights during their concerts, tweeting about it, socialing about it. More recently, they started getting uh a lot of flack about talking about it in concerts like mm. how how dare you bring your politics just shut up and sing? you know yeah. which is
0: I mean Bruce Springsteen gets that uh, uh you know i mean yeah it it's absurd as if musicians don't have any right to comment on the world
1: i mean music music by definition has political components to it, right? People write about the things that they care about in the world. The good music does. So it's really rare that you're not going to talk about something that affects your bodily autonomy. (laughs) So, And and they defended that. And then the most recent uh, piece that you are speaking about, uh, they came forward and said, listen, I have had three miscarriages. It has been horrible. My abortion saved my life. And uh, Halsey is not the only woman out there in the music world who has had to talk about this. And it's, it's, I mean, it's hard for me to even speak about this without getting emotional, right? It just mm-hmm. blows my mind that we are in 2022 and this is where we're at. Uh, but I do have uh, heartfelt reactions every time I see someone stand up. So Halsey... Talked about that, talked about motherhood and that the choice makes such an importance. Why she has a son now is because yeah. they had this opportunity to, you know, to live and and be able to make that kind of decision, right? So, yeah,
0: to control her own body, which yes. should be every woman's right. Um, Stone had also done a piece, uh, uh, you oversee a lot of the news coverage, you weren't involved in this, about internet influencers not speaking out hesitant to speak out because uh, they don't want to lose any business, any fans, right? Who else in the music world besides Halsey has been tackling this and talking about it?
1: Well, it's interesting. One of the things I found really beautiful, because I think a lot of us, myself included, will, will sometimes maybe generalize and think, oh, certain genres don't care about certain things. Across the board, from all genres, from country to hip hop, There's been artists that have spoken out about this and not just females, which I appreciate seeing more males uh, also Mm. join join the fold. Uh, But what's interesting, so Halsey spoke about it, Marin Morris uh, also from a similar standpoint talked about how she chose when she was going to have her son, Uh, Amanda Shires, who's in a band, High Woman with her. Uh, talked about having an ectopic pregnancy, people forget that this is actually a reproductive procedure. It is not just, you know, it's a a necessity. And these are
0: women who live in the conservative South.
1: Exactly. Uh, And then, I mean, everyone literally from Taylor Swift to, I I mean, you name it, I can't think of a, a corner of the music world that did not... Talk about this. And, and I really loved, I don't know if you watched any of the Glastonbury uh, Festival coverage. No, I didn't. It, it, what was great about that, I mean, sad, it came right after, right? So the everybody mm-hmm. was just, the nerves were, were there and every single person addressed it, it felt like. Uh, so Olivia Rodrigo and Lily Allen got together to sing Fuck You to the Supreme Court justices uh, and specifically called them all out uh Billie Eilish dedicated her song Your Power which is the, what this is all about seriously mm-hmm. it's about mm-hmm. a bunch of men deciding they want to control women's bodies and uh, the fact that her song is about this idea of not abusing your power she dedicated that song to that uh, so many people said fuck the supreme court Phoebe Bridgers <laughs> has said, "Fuck the Supreme Court." I mean, yeah. I, and they all and they've also done it from the stage. Megan the Stallion called out Texas criminalizing abortion. Uh, Lord, you, you
0: said Taylor Swift. I'd I'd miss that, given that Taylor is so mainstream. Uh, I mean, that would seem, you know, Megan the Stallion, Phoebe Bridgers. Uh, you know, yes, that's part of their brand almost. Uh, not to denigrate the courage of speaking out. But Taylor Swift, what did she do?
1: She said that she was absolutely terrified that this is where we are. She retweeted Michelle Obama's very, very poignant uh, piece that she put on social media about how, you know, we're all heartbroken, but then also, you know, this the fight isn't over. And you know, mm-hmm. it's interesting because Taylor has had Swift early on in her career wasn't very outspoken about these kinds of things. She has right. really blossomed. I think, as a lot of women do, um, I think you know, who knows who was controlling her career early on as well. I, I mean, I'm not making excuses, but it's just people are always very cagey about coming forward and speaking.
0: But you know, well, well, and at 17, 18, 19, some people don't think they have anything to say yet.
1: Exactly. And now she was one of the first people up there saying stuff. And I, I mean, again, share every age group, every genre. I just, uh, I really appreciated Kendrick Lamar during his headlining set at Glastonbury. He, he basically said, I, I want to get this right because I thought, it, again it's so important godspeed for women's rights they judge you they judge christ and he was uh had like blood dripping down i mean it was probably mm. fake blood from his face from a crown of thorns which i thought was very powerful mm. to see
0: well he should go back and uh adjust some of the misogyny on his new album but <laughs> uh it, it, good for him for speaking out um you know Is there any indication that any of these artists will boycott states where uh, uh, the government is about to prosecute, criminalize women who try to control their own body? Uh, Has there been any talk of a broader movement beyond an artist uh, saying something on stage?
1: You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because I thought about that. I'm not a performer. I just thought about navigating in this world and where I'm comfortable being. And I... I thought I wouldn't want to go to any—I <laughs> don't feel comfortable on my own skin going to a lot of places now in this country, as sad as that is to say.
0: Uh, well, you know, you have something like South by Southwest in Austin, um, you know, uh, that's going to invite people from around the world to its annual internet music movie gathering. Should they be doing that in Texas?
1: Well, you know, Brandy Carlisle said something very interesting, and I don't—I wish I had her quote here, but I don't have it here— she had she had a, a a piece talking about she travels all over the country and there's good people everywhere and that she was going to keep fighting kind of the thing where I mm-hmm. was like screw all those places that are terrible to women so I true. think this so, is true so I thought you, that you,
0: you want to yeah. support people in states that are fighting the fight
1: exactly and I thought that that was a beautiful way of looking at it uh that she she led with her heart there I was Angry, and then that kind of made me realize that's she's right. That's that's a good way of looking at. It. So 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 far there hasn't been a movement towards that. Um, I I think some of the more interesting things that I've seen happening is obviously songs are starting to come out that are uh, that are very geared towards abortion, like proceeds for abortion funds and things like that. So Pearl Jam, Stone Gossard, and Annie DeFranco, who has sung many songs for women's rights and also uh, abortion rights, they teamed up for a song called Disorders, and all the proceeds go to the National Network of Abortion Funds. I do also want to say what's interesting is how many companies in the music world, surprisingly, have have come out to actually help their employees who work in the music world. Uh, So Live Nation, uh, Sony Music are among those who said we will pay if you are in a state working for us, we will pay for your travel and lodging to go somewhere for your reproductive health care. Which, yeah. which I think is beautiful. And obviously not just the music world is doing that, but it's really nice to see some of the music world jumping in there. Also, I really love that Lizzo is donating a million dollars, $500,000, I should say. Mm. She pledged 500000 Live Nation is matching it for her special tour that she's going on mm-hmm. uh, to raise funds for abortion care.
0: She's a force of of greatness <laughs> yes. in the world, Lizzo. After we taped with Althea, we got word that Margot Price, Mavis Staples, and Adia Victoria, all previous guests on Sound Opinions, teamed up to record a new single for reproductive justice called Fight to Make It. Margot Price said, Every day I see more of our rights stripped away in America. The right to reproductive health in this country has become a luxury for the wealthy. This should not be a political issue. Or a religious issue, this is a human rights issue. When we stand together and sing together, we are stronger. And the single is strong indeed, I will add. Here's a little taste of Fight to Make It. You gotta fight fight, to make it. You You gotta fight to make it. That was a bit of the new single, Fight to Make It, by Margot Price, Mavis Staples, and Adia Victoria. Heroines, one and all. You can hear the full track on Bandcamp, and it will support noise for now. Okay, Annie DeFranco, Pearl Jam, uh, a couple of others you've mentioned, Althea, uh, anything else that we should be aware of, song-wise?
1: So those are new songs, and I think it's great that more and more people, I think, are going to be putting out music for the resistance, right? We need it. Uh, but I was thinking that nearly 30 years ago in 1993, two songs that still resonate right now, Diggable Planets, mm-hmm. La Femme, Fetal. The
0: pro-life has harassed me outside the clinic and called me a murderer. Now that's hate. So needless to say, we're in a mental state of debate. Hey, beautiful bird, I said dig. Somber mood. The fascists are some heavy dudes. They don't really give a damn about life. They just don't want a woman to control her body or have the right to choose. But baby, that ain't nothing. They just want a male finger on the button. Because if you say war, they will send them to die by the
2: score.
1: Aborting... And Cindy Lopper, Sally's Pigeons. And I like that you, you get a male perspective of being like, yo this isn't right women's rights and then cindy loppers is it is a sad story about what happens when you don't have mm-hmm. that right i mean it's it talks about the the back alley situations that we can end up in so and that was 30 yeah. years ago and yeah. here we are
2: left one night with just a nod, was lost from some
1: of women being wholly violated and losing their body autonomy are Kelly's decision in New York. Jim, I'm sure you have a lot to say about this.
0: He is going to spend 30 years behind bars. At 55, he's not going to come out on anything but a walker should he live to 85. I think that there are two points to be made that are, are worthy of sound opinions. Number one, uh, I've said this before, but in the history of popular music, where men have been treating women badly all too often, from the era of the Bobby Soxers until last week, no one has ever garnered Uh, a sentence like that, 30 years behind bars for 30 years of sexual predation of young women and boys, young girls, underage girls and boys. Uh, He's truly singular. I I don't feel like a lot of people are realizing. You know, people will say, what about groupie culture and David Bowie and Aerosmith and Led Zeppelin, right? Uh, Chuck Berry, Jerry Lee Lewis, right? Nobody has ever been convicted of charges as broad, as deep, and as numerous, or been, been sentenced to 30 years behind bars. And this was only part one. You're going to have to cover the second federal trial in August. Is that right?
1: Yes. Are you going to come sit next to me for this?
0: No, Althea. Better <laughs> you than me. Better better you than me. You know, the other point I wanted to make is America has got a problem with race and sex. And it's never been more obvious in my lifetime, uh, Althea. Uh, What am I talking about? At the beginning of this are Kelly's first victims in 1991. Kelly was starting his predatory behavior of 30 years. Dr. Anita Hill testified on Capitol Hill and she was not believed in very credible accusations of sexual harassment. When this was coming to a head again with my BuzzFeed reporting and the cult story, and then that leads to mute R. Kelly and surviving R. Kelly, uh, Dr. uh, uh, Christine Blasey Ford was testifying on Capitol Hill with very credible accusations of sexual assault, and she was not believed. If there is a bigger story beyond the most monstrous predator in the history of popular music, now spending the rest of his life behind bars, it is that we have got to believe women. We have got to believe women. And and those two women not being believed, despite the amazing courage, is how we got that overturning of Roe v. Wade two yeah. weeks ago.
1: You know what, Jim? I don't think it's that people didn't believe Anita Hill or Christine Blasey Ford. I know myself and a lot of people were watching have watched both of those. And we're thinking everyone knows this is true. They are speaking the truth. It's the fact that so many people didn't care and these people still got elevated and got to keep their jobs. And here we are.
0: And an even more disturbing and current story on July 4th, uh, about 10, shortly after 10 a.m. in the morning, um, a shooter on top of a roof in Highland Park, uh, The uh, wealthy and quiet suburb to the north of us on on the lake um, slaughtered uh, eight people now that toll could rise we're talking only two days after this story and uh, injured 31 Uh, he's been caught and it kills me and reminds me of April 1999 when Greg and I were on the air live in the earliest incarnation of Sound Opinions and the Columbine News broke. And suddenly people are on TV are talking about a music connection. Those shooters uh, were, were, were music fans. This shooter, whose name I don't even want to say, is uh, a, a rapper, a prolific one, uh, but a bad one, uh, who, who put out nine releases over the last five or six years. I want to turn to, um, an ace reporter, Bob Chiarito. I think he's one of the best hard news reporters in Chicago. He's been in Highland Park, uh, since the shooting, uh, 14, 16 hour days, uh, writing for the New York times. Hey, Bob, uh, welcome to sound opinions. I'm sorry. It's under these circumstances.
2: Hi, Jim. Thanks for having me. I, you know, I think that's the million dollar question. Who was this troubled man? And I've found some people who knew him and, and couple guys who hung out with him in high school and up until about year 2017 or 18. And at that point, um, I found two brothers yesterday who knew him pretty well, he used to skateboard together. And they said he was always quiet and kinda of kept to himself, but they never they said he, he wasn't deviant or he wasn't you know, he wasn't dark. That was their words to me. Um and then they kinda of lost touch after twenty seventeen when their own brother had passed away and he was friends with Bobby Cremo. Uh, Bobby Cremo actually spoke at the funeral for their brother in two thousand seventeen, saying that he was basically heartbroken. He lost one of his only friends. And after that, they kind of lost touch. And then when they saw him again, you know, he had the face tattoos at that point and the neck tattoos. They said, you know, he looked a little weird to them, but they they just thought he was doing his own thing and confident enough to, to do that. Uh, they still, you know, never imagined that he would do what he did. Uh, so they didn't suspect it at all. Um, the reason why these guys that I met, uh, lost touch with them. It was because he dropped out of high school to, to focus on his rapping. So they stopped going to school with him and, or vice versa, I should say. Um, and So, you know, and around that same time, they said that they talked about a, a girlfriend that broke up with him and in their minds, that might've been another thing that kind of got him on the crazy path. Uh, and I'm just, you know,
0: seeing that catch. Some right-wing, uh, TV commentators have been talking about that, this war on men, and it's driving young men uh, uh, to violent acts, uh, which is absurd. Althea, what's your understanding? What's Rolling Stone been writing about?
1: Well, yeah, one of my colleagues uh, had had talked to a couple of his, claimed to be a couple of his friends, and that they were mainly online friends, actually, um, and that they called him apolitical, as you mentioned earlier. I, I believe that uh, there has been a lot of stuff circulating about him wearing, you, you've seen yeah, the photos, yeah. right? He was wearing like a Trump flag and was at a Trump uh, rally. Uh, and one of the sources had said that that was like a joke or whatever. Um, they claimed that the name of their organ- their art collective, they met over music Um, And they claimed that their art collective was called Sleepy Squad, which has the letters SS, which is related to Nazism. So but they claim that that's coincidental. I think it's kind of early. uh, And as you've probably seen, there hasn't been uh, a motivation given yet. Uh, So I think that, like you said, he's an enigma. I think we'll be finding out more about it. Uh, I, I didn't have the opportunity to hear the music before it got scrubbed. But you yeah, I'm at an
0: advantage over both uh, both you and Bob. I mean, as soon as I heard, he was a rapper. Uh, we were following the news the entire day, July 4th. Uh, he's a lousy rapper. <laughs> uh, I, I don't mean to, to, it's hard to even laugh about anything. Um, it, it encouraged me in some ways, because I have this theory that no great music is ever produced by the forces of hatred and evil and violence. And I can cite going back to Charles Manson, whose music is still streaming uh, on all the major platforms, uh, to David Koresh uh, of Waco, uh, whose music is still available for sale, streaming on all the platforms. Fairly quickly after his identity was announced by law enforcement on July 4th, uh, and he was identified as a Wake the Rapper in this alternate reality of his, uh, all the major streaming platforms, YouTube was first, all of his videos were pulled, and then Spotify and Apple Music uh, followed suit. But I did listen to several of the tracks, and, and uh, you know, the only reason to listen, despite two of his songs uh, getting some two million streams, which I was surprised to see, uh, would be out of the curiosity of what kind of music is produced by someone that evil. Um uh, you know, it was fairly generic wannabe Eminem as a white young rapper might, uh, with a lot of violence, which is not unusual in hip hop, but the imagery associated cartoon characters holding automatic rifles, uh, uh, video images, uh, of, of bloodshed. Uh, Bob, you hadn't seen any of this. I mean, you've been on the ground talking to victims.
2: Yeah, I've seen just a little bit of it, um. But like you, you're right. I've been so focused on uh, other things here with real people rather than online people. So yeah, yeah, uh,
0: I understand. Yeah. Well, and it has touched uh, many, many people uh, in the Chicago area, and obviously uh, the entire country. Althea, your old editor, Kevin Williams, Greg Cott's boss for many, many years, the music editor of the Tribune, lives in Highland Park. We all know people. He does. We all know people who live in Highland Park. And, uh, and Bob, it's got to be heartbreaking. I saw a, a Facebook post you did this morning just about, you know, people keep asking you, how do you soldier through these 14 hour days, uh, reporting on such tragedy? Uh, how are you doing?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm good. Uh, super, you know, it's just, uh, sad to say it's not my first rodeo, uh, doing this kind of thing. So, you know, there's moments when it gets tough, but uh, I just do my best and uh, try to keep focus, and and I've been able to do that, so I'm uh, not gonna worry. Right. I'm
0: okay. Well, thank you for your reporting, uh, Bob Chirito, part of the New York Times team. Uh, not much more to say about this right now. It, it would have discouraged me enormously if this music was great. <laughs> what do we do when when uh a homicidal maniac, uh, produces great music. He seems to have been, as Charles Manson was famously, uh, couldn't get anywhere in the music world, sought attention through another really troubling way. Yeah. Thank you, Bob.
2: Okay, thank you, Jim.
0: Nice to talk to you, Bob. Well, uh, I'm sorry to bring everybody down with this uh, timely, necessary, but sad uh, bonus podcast uh, covering three news stories. Uh, Althea Legaspi, thank you, as always. Greg Cott, it was a good time to be on vacation. Uh, if you want to comment on this or any episode of Sound Opinions, uh, you can use the nifty new voicemail widget on our website, soundopinions.org. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed in this program belong solely to Sound Opinions and not necessarily to Columbia College Chicago or our sponsors. Sound Opinions is produced by Andrew Gill, Alex Claiborne, Sol Delgadillo, and our social media consultant is Katie Cott.